Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Exurgat Deus Dissipentur de Nemici Eius, et Fugiancio Deruntium Afacia Eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let all those who hate him flee from before his face. I've got an article here from Zero Hedge, uh, authored by Brandon Smith via altmarket.us. The, the headline <clears throat> is Anti Globalism is Going Mainstream which means engineered disaster is about to strike. I'm going to read the article, and we're going to talk a little bit about it, because there are some things that we need to be prepared for. <clears throat> and there are some ways that we can prepare. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patri, sit filii et spiritu sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraecidium. Imperatili deus supplicas deprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur et mundo divina virtute, in infernum letrude. Amen. Cor Iesu Sacratissimum miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancte Iosef, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> I've noted in the past that criminals tend to brag about their criminality when they believe there is nothing anyone can do about it. Frankly, in their narcissism, many of them can't help but revel in the moment and let everyone know how superior they are to the rest of us. We witnessed many moments like this from elitists within globalist institutions the past couple of years at the height of the pandemic pandemonium. There were people like globalist academics at MIT proclaiming that we were never going back to normal and that we were going to have to accept the loss of many of our freedoms for the rest of our lives in order to combat the spread of COVID. There were people like Klaus Schwab declaring the beginning of the Great Reset and the launch of what the Davos crowd calls the Fourth Industrial Revolution. There have also been many political leaders, like Joe Biden, that strut around on the media stage accusing ideological opponents, <clears throat> conservatives mostly, 
of being enemies of democracy. If their vision of democracy is medical tyranny and the forced expansion of cultural Marxism, or if their idea of democracy is the government cooperation with a corporate monopoly and the erasure of our country's founding principles, then yes, I suppose I am indeed an enemy of democracy. <clears throat> the globalists were really basking in the glow of their assumed victory. They thought they had us peasants by the scruff of the neck and their agenda was all but assured. But as I've been arguing since last year, the money elites may have celebrated a little too early. The COVID agenda utterly failed if the goal was to implement long-standing mandates and restrictions across North America and Europe. If you want to know what success for the globalists would have looked like, just examine China with its endless lockdown cycles and digital vaccine passports. The elites wanted that outcome for the West, and they didn't get it. They came close, but millions of Americans, Canadians, and Europeans stood their ground, and the cost to force us into compliance would have been too great. Even Joe Biden has openly admitted that the pandemic is over. They dropped the mandates because they knew if it came to war, they would lose. If the goal of the pandemic fear factory was simply to get the population injected with the mRNA vaccines, here also, they failed. With many states in the U.S., 40% unvaxxed, according to official numbers, and many parts of the world with large unvaxxed populations, there's a massive control group for the COVID vaccines. If there are going to be constantly developing health problems associated with the mRNA vax, like myocarditis, then the public is going to know what caused them because of this control group. The globalists needed near 100% vaccination and they did not get it. Not even close. There is no escape for them. They greatly overestimated the public's apathy when it comes to authoritarianism. The rebellion is too large and they will eventually held, be held accountable for their trespasses. Case in point, <clears throat> the latest election in Italy has resulted in a landslide win for the conservative coalition and the new prime minister and first woman prime minister, Georgia Maloney, gave a rousing victory speech this week, which directly exposed the far left invasion of Western nations, globalism and the poisonous collusion with woke corporations to silence dissent. She called for a return to freedom. And what was the mainstream media response? They are calling her a fascist. The Italian election is just a small part of an ongoing trend, an awakening of the people to the imminent threats presented by globalists. And the globalists can't stop it. The fear among them is palpable. Anti-globalism is now going mainstream. And as it does, people are going to start looking for answers. Why have our economic conditions been so degraded? Why are we facing stagflationary crisis? Why are prices on everything continuing to climb? Why did we almost lose all of our civil liberties in the name of fighting a virus with a tiny 0.23% official median infection fatality rate? <clears throat> Why are pointless carbon controls being instituted in the middle of a supply chain crisis? <clears throat> Excuse me. Why are politicians and banks making everything so much worse? The public outcry for a reckoning is growing, and it's the heads of the globalists that will end up on the chopping block. All roads to destruction lead back to them and the policies they have forced upon the populace. Of course, when criminals feel like they are being cornered, 
They will sometimes set fires and take hostages in a last-ditch effort to stay alive and slip through the net. I believe we are closing in on that stage of this terrible drama. It's important to accept the conditions of the battlefield as they are and not underestimate the enemy. The truth is, globalists have an extensive means at their disposal to wreak havoc, and they have already set some of these disasters in motion. As I warned many years ago, way back in my 2007, or excuse me, way back in 2017, in my article, The Economic Endgame Continues, tensions with Eastern nations are now being used to, to diminish the role of the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency and the petrocurrency. The conflict is also causing shortage, uh, shortages in resources and supply chain weakness. Not to mention an energy crisis in Europe that is now irreversible with the sabotage of the Nord pipelines. I also predicted in 2017 that the Federal Reserve would repeat a pattern of raising interest rates into severe economic weakness, causing increased economic turmoil. They used a very similar tactic at the onset of the Great Depression, which former Federal Reserve Chairman Bob Burton, or excuse me, Ben Bernanke openly admitted was the cause of the long-term deflationary collapse. From my article in 2017, quote, The changing of the Fed chair is absolutely meaningless as far as policy is concerned. Jerome Powell will continue the same exact initiatives as Yellen. Stimulus will be removed. Rates will be hiked and the balance sheet will be reduced, leaving the massive market bubble the Fed originally created vulnerable to implosion. An observant person might have noticed... <clears throat> that central banks around the world seem to be acting in a coordinated fashion to remove stimulus support from markets and raise interest rates, cutting off supply lines of easy money that have long been a crutch for our crippled economy. Close quote. The Bank for International Settlements, the central bank of central banks, and the institution that writes global policy, in, excuse me, that writes global policy initiatives for all other member banks called for more rate hikes last week. Aside from a minor intervention by the Bank of England, the evidence shows that the globalists want a crash and are engineering conditions of instability. They set up the dominoes in advance and now they have decided to knock them down. I think this is a failsafe, a panic trigger in the event that they did not get con the control they wanted from the COVID pandemic. They will blame Russia. They will blame China. They will blame conservatives. They will blame anything and anyone besides themselves in an attempt to divert public attention away from the international banking actions that created the crash conditions in the first place. We can't let them. Whatever happens next, it is vital that people remember who really did this to us and who needs to be punished. Over the course of the next couple of years, the establishment power brokers are going to attempt to use a chaos screen in order to sow seeds of fear in the population. They're going to try to exploit that fear to gain even more centralized governance and change the very foundations of our society while suffocating what's left of our liberties. It's the only play they have. But at least we now know for certain that there are millions of us out there, millions of people that will not comply and that will fight back. And we know that the globalists are afraid. If they weren't, then they would not be falling back to such drastic measures. <clears throat> As is usually the case. 
an opinion that does not have the truth at its center. And <clears throat> here's the thing. This guy's actually hitting really, really close to the mark. But there's about one or two steps of deviation from what's actually going on that he seems to be observing. I don't think the globalists are afraid. Sin makes you stupid. And the globalists are too stupid to be afraid. It's that simple. When you look at people like uh, Harari, that one moron who is talking about human beings as hackable animals, do you think he's afraid of losing the control? Now, he may think he's got a massive amount of influence, but he's not someone who actually writes policy like it's holy dictate. He's influencing. Someone like Klaus Schwab knows he doesn't write the laws. He can only grease the pocket. He can, excuse me, he can only stuff the pockets and grease the palms of the people who do write the laws. They know they're not in charge. Not technically. And because they're not in charge, they're not actually the ones accountable. And I think this is the thing that people don't really understand. The politicians who are actually putting all of these policies in place. And I'm going to say politi- we're going to talk about the United States and then we're going to we're going to shift over a little bit because the the nature of the EU is significantly different from the United States. How they're put together is very very different. So <clears throat> congressmen in the United States are supposed to write the laws. Now, we don't know who's writing these 2,000, 3,000-page bills that they're passing, that's spending all of this money, that's doing all of these stupid things. But we do know for a fact that it is most certainly not Nancy Pelosi, and it is not Chuck Schumer, it is not Mitch McConnell, it is not anyone actually in the Congress. So these laws that are being written are being written by other people. Okay. But the politicians are the ones passing it. Joe Biden's the one signing the bill. So ultimately, because the buck is supposed to stop with him, the buck stops with him. The buck stops with the Congress. But they're not the ones writing the laws. The people who are writing the laws are behind the scenes. Because it's also certainly not being written by some congressional intern. They're not the ones actually writing the laws. These things are coming these things are coming from behind the scenes foundations, the Open Societies Foundation, uh, the Tides Foundation, the Apollo Alliance, and organizations such as those. <clears throat> and I know I mentioned the Apollo Alliance, as nobody's heard anything from the Apollo Apollo Alliance for at least ten years. However, It's not specifically the Apollo Alliance. It's organizations like the Apollo Alliance. And the way that these people manage to slide out of responsibility is they, you know, you have one bill that's written by the Apollo Alliance, or maybe two or three, and then the Apollo Alliance breaks down, reorganizes, and becomes some other shadow entity. 
and typically they'll continue to operate until somebody shines a light right on that organization. And then that organization will break up and they'll reconstitute it as a new name. It's kind of like fighting a Hydra. You shine a light at the one head and it goes away and then two more take its place. They don't do this on purpose. They don't think of themselves as Hydra. Otherwise, we'd be able to name them as Hydra. It'd be too easy. But that is exactly what they are. The World Economic Forum is an organization that everybody now knows has been running the Davos thing and has been like the Bilderbergs, has been that place where people go to get their ideas for things to bring back home. Now, normally, you'd look at it and you go, well, it couldn't possibly be all that bad, could it? Throughout history, because here's the thing, we trust organizations like the World Economic Forum. We've trusted them for decades. The idea that elites would get together and come up with plans and come out and and bring those plans to fruition, that has been the norm for almost 80 years. And I say almost 80 years because when you the closer you get to the Second World War, the harder it is to actually go to places like Davos. But that has in fact been the norm for our societies for 80 years. We vote for the politicians, the politicians go out <clears throat> excuse me. We vote for the people who at one point in time went off to Davos to hobnob and rub elbows with world leaders, with business tycoons, etc. They come back with these great ideas and they say, hey, elect me and I will do these things. And that has always been the case. It's one of the reasons why... Democracy is such a bad idea. Look, you look at these stories like James Bond. Um, My personal favorite, because it's so blatant about it, is Hudson Hawk. You look at these stories where somebody's trying to find a way to take over the world. They're trying to do something. You know, in comic books, like in Superman, it's Lex Luthor. There's always some sort of shadow organization striving for world domination. So in DC, with the Justice League, you get uh, Darkseid. You know, you get all of these metaphors. The stories, the core of the story for the individual is basically the same. You see the evil, you stand up to the evil, you resist the evil. But we are always expecting some Lex Luthor, some dark side, some Minerva, or Mayflower, I should say, excuse me. But one of the reasons why I like Hudson Hawk, actually, with the Mayflowers, is that it's a person, a youngish man, who's managed to master the markets has managed to by the age by his own declaration by at the age of 19 
when you when you when you earn your first billion at the age of 19 it becomes very difficult to come up with new goals and what does he say now i have a new goal world domination these people are very much like the mayflowers in fact it's one of the reasons why i love the hudson hawk metaphor as as much as i do is because the whole point behind the bad guy in the show is that he wants to manipulate the very thing that is money that throughout history has always been understood to be money gold a device that can create gold at will they go into production they keep it out of the market they just go into production build it up build it up build it up until they have a maximum store and then as soon as they have more gold than the dreams of midas they release that gold into the market and they crash all of the economy the fact is Oh, and one of the nice things is, is if you watch if if you watch the movie, you get to see the slideshow where they they do a few things here and there, and you get and you also get a brief expose about the sexual devi- deviancy of the Mayflowers. I don't know that Hudson Hawk, the producers of Hudson Hawk, actually had it in mind, but as a Catholic, the fact that they would connect. The, the sexual deviancies, uh, deviancy of the Mayflowers to their avarice and their desire for world domination makes actually Hudson Hawk, this sort of campy movie, the perfect metaphor. You have the Mayflowers in bed with the CIA trying to crash the markets totally. Why? They've got more than enough money. They don't have to worry about it. They literally just want to do it for the carnage. They just want to do it to be able to say that they've done this thing. And that right there is the core. The core of the whole thing. The core of globalism, of all of these psychopaths, is they want to be able to say that they've done this thing. They are the Greek heroes of old, the legends. Remember that a world without God means that you have to fight to be remembered. Means that you have to find that thing that sets you apart. That thing that makes you Hector or Paris or Achilles. That thing that makes you Agamemnon. They want to be remembered. They want to mark the world in a permanent way. And it doesn't actually matter. It kind of matters. They think they're marking it in a good way because it's their mark. So you get this Harari Yahoo who wants to begin to reprogram human beings, who literally wants to hack the genetic code of human beings. (coughs) 
so that we could go in and edit and just make people. Never mind the fact that that would absolutely lead to disaster. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. In Florida, they did some genetic engineering on an insect so that it would specifically eat mosquitoes. And they succeeded. In Florida, they're called love bugs. Now, elsewhere, other things are called love bugs. But in Florida, the love bug, they're called love bugs because every time you see them, they're mating. They're flying through the air, mating. At first, when you look at them, they look like some weird creature that has four wings. In reality, it's two bugs mating together, flying through the air. And during particular seasons, which is actually most of the summertime, they're flying around doing their business. They do spend the rest of they do spend a lot of their time eating mosquitoes. And the entire time I was in Florida, I don't remember actually ever being bitten. Even though, you know, you got the Everglades, you got the swamps. I mean, mosquitoes are where there's a lot of standing water. And there's plenty of standing water in Florida. But instead, if you're driving your car, you'll hit these things by the thousands. And if you don't wash your car every single week, their blood will eat your paint. Cause the car to rust. Not to mention the fact that they're kind of disgusting looking and they're annoying. They're always flying around. Would it be better to be eaten by mosquitoes? Probably not. But that is a side effect of human meddling. If we meddle with something that we have no business meddling with, we run the risk of doing something that we're going to pay for for eternity. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
Most people understand this. Most people who are not completely given over to sin understand that all of the steps that you take, they have to be measured. So you don't want to operate in extremes. An extreme would be some California retard deciding we can't build any more dams because the salmon aren't going, aren't making it to their mating ground so that they could do the thing. A measured decision would be, well, let's tier, let's make tiers so that they can match, actually climb the steps of the dam. It's expensive, but it's a median. The extreme would be don't build the dam. For whatever reason, we need the dam, so not building the dam is really not an option. You take the half step. You take a measured step. You don't decide <clears throat> to destroy a highway so that turtles can pass. We don't serve turtle kind. Everything on the earth is under the dominion of mankind. These people, these globalists, this guy is right. They are about to do something stupid. But it's not out of fear. They have, let's be real. If they fail, they can try again. Well, some of them. Some of them are really going for the, they're trying to push the snap because they, because most of these guys are old. They're ridiculously old. Klaus Schwab? Crusty old. Nancy Pelosi, crusty old. Joe Biden, half dead. Even Pope Francis, old. All of them are much, much closer to their eternal reward than they are to a long life. They've already had their long life. This is basically their last chance, their last hurrah. At least all of the ones who have passed into their 70s and 80s. All of the, in the entire hippie class is about to die. We can actually just wait them out and undo everything that they were doing. <clears throat> that would be the prudent way. That would be the less aggressive way. It's certainly not my first choice. My first choice is to go into their homes, scoop them out, and dash their heads against the bricks. perhaps draw them and quarter them and mount their body parts to the high places around the world so that people understand that you do not meddle with things beyond your ken. You do not play games with the livelihoods of millions of people because you think you can. That would be the better way to go. It would be a better way to remember them. You want to be remembered? You can be remembered as the villains that you are. 
Unfortunately, the most likely thing is we're going to try and memory hole it. The problem is, is the damage and devastation that they've already done to our society is nigh irreversible. We're going to have to see this through to the end. Some of it. We're going to lose probably four or five billion people in the next few years between the jabs. Because while they didn't get 100%, they did get many. They got, all, they got more than half. 40% in the United States are unvaccinated. That's 40% of the United States are still pure blood. The 60% who did get vaccinated are probably going to die in the next five, five to 10 years. Probably. <clears throat> are we going to be able to link their deaths, particularly with the ridiculously high number of older people who were already actually on their way there anyway? It's going to be very hard to say. Very difficult indeed. But the 30, 40% who were of a prime age the women who were the women who are of nursing age and that's really the thing that's going to get us the mrna tech doesn't go away it's a permanent feature the women are going to pass it to their children oh we're going to what they're going to say things well we couldn't possibly know well, the fact is, is if they couldn't possibly know, they shouldn't have done it in the first place. But they're going to try and say things like, we couldn't possibly know. They may very well have exterminated half the human population by the time this is said and done. You have to understand that having exterminated half the human population, this is kind of a big deal. The, the economic stuff that they were talking about and that, that people are always paying attention to? What are we going to do with half the population? Do you think you're going to be able to go to Amazon and get your stuff quickly? Do you think Amazon's even going to have stuff to make? We'll see. We'll just have to see. Like I said, this guy's close. Georgia Maloney is closer. She's much closer. Georgia Maloney is also not alone. I was watching... Oh, I forgot the live... I forgot the name of it, but it had uh, Rick Barrett, the armed Catholic, uh, Steve Cunningham, Ryan Grant... Oh gracious! I forgot the other. Oh, I forgot the other guy's name because I've only ever seen their. I only. I only just found their podcast, and so I'll be watching more of it. Uh, but I'll have to actually pull it up on YouTube and find and actually track it down. But one of the guys was saying, <clears throat> "Why did it have to be a woman?" Well, my answer to that, and why it wasn't a man, is that it was. Georgia Maloney is the second wave. 
The first wave was Matteo Salvini. Matteo Salvini opened it up. It was Matteo Salvini who would give his speeches, holding his rosary in his hand, talking about, talking about the evils of globalism, talking about how Italy had a Christian foundation, how Italy was Catholic at its core. And he would wrap up every speech holding up his ro- holding up his rosary and kissing his rosary at the end of every speech. The lead was Matteo Salvini. It was a male leader. The second wave is Georgia Maloney. Georgia Maloney, after a manner, is sort of showing the unity. But make no mistake, it was started by Matteo Salvini. It's now Georgia Maloney. Where are the men? They're present. Particularly in Italian politics, they're present. Are they calling her a fascist now because she's a fascist? She very well may be. But if she's a fascist, now's the time for those of us who can see from the outside, because we're not in Italian politics, if she is a fascist, maybe we should go back and take a closer look at Mussolini. Maybe we should go back and check what Mussolini was saying. Because I will tell you, she sounds very much like Benito Mussolini. And if that is the case, We need to do a deep dive into our own history, into Italian history, and look really, really closely. Because you can always say, well, he sided with the Nazis. Yes, but Franco did not. And Benito Mussolini and Francisco Franco, being fascist, Supposedly. Mussolini was definitely fascist. Obviously, he was head of the fascist party. But it might be worth taking a closer look as to what fascism is. And here's why. There is a book out there entitled Starship Troopers. You may remember the movie of the same name. Now, the movie is a parody. It's It's a fun movie. It's campy. It, is, it manages to achieve all of the things that Robert Heinlein's book did not. But Robert Heinlein's book was supposed to be a satire on fascism. If you read the book, everyone who's ever read the book, particularly men, are forever changed by it because you cannot satire the truth and have it work. So if you're a man out there and you've not read the book Starship Troopers, I highly recommend that you do read the book Starship Troopers. And you will find a compelling story. Particularly if you're a young man you will find this, the sort of story that will change your life for the better, that will make you 
a better man. <clears throat> you don't have to believe me. You can just read the book and find out. You cannot lambast the truth in the like you can denigrate it. You can you can calumniate it. You can call the truth lies. But the fact is, is when the truth is exposed, you can't satire it. Truth is satire. Truth satires all the lies. It is with the truth that lies are bludgeoned, that lies are defeated. And if you're trying to have your truth be the truth and you find that it's not funny, that it doesn't seem to work, that people just don't understand, it's because you're lying. You may not know you're lying, but it is because you are lying. And that's a fact. These people in the Great Reset, all of these leaders, these people have, are holding on to their truth. Like Achilles of old, they're going to be the great warriors. And they're going to completely forget that Achilles was taken down by an arrow to his heel. His weak point was not from head to knees. It was nowhere. His weakness was not his arms. His weakness was not his chest or his head. His weakness wasn't even his legs. His weakness was his feet. The very thing he needed to be able to stand. I don't believe that St. Paul had read the Iliad. But I know God did. Which is why there's that offering. See, everyone, and this is the thing. Every Christian knows the helm of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of, or, or the breastplate of justice. It is actually more appropriately justice. Um, <clears throat> but the helm of salvation, the breastplate of justice, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God. But what is the thing that everyone forgets? And having your feet shod with the preparedness that comes from the gospel of peace, the boots of preparation, you might, you might say. Had brave Achilles but worn those boots, he might have survived the Iliad. But mighty Achilles was taken down, specifically because he wasn't wearing those boots. Specifically because he had no knowledge of the gospel of peace. I don't, like I said, I don't know if the Apostle St. Paul read the Iliad. But I do know that God would have. And he most certainly would have been the one to put that oft-forgotten line Everyone remembers the rest of the armor. Everyone remembers the armor from the waist up. Nobody remembers the boots. 
nobody remembers making sure that your feet are protected with the preparedness that comes with the gospel of peace. So that having done all in that day, we stand. (laughs) These people are going to lose. They're going to make life much worse. But they're not making our lives much worse alone. 40% of the people did not go along with the vaccine. 40%, that is a very large and notable minority. That means the majority of the people are unthinkingly making things worse. That's actually what that means. That means the majority of people are not thinking about the ramifications of their actions. They're concerned only for self. And you can see it. They scream and cry. They're immediately offended. They're weak, and their weakness is causing the destruction of the earth. It's not just the global elites. The global elites are simply the weakest. They're simply the ones who lead the world in weakness. They're the ones who are completely slaved to their passions, to their ideas to their thoughts, their emotions. They're not anchored to the truth. They're not slaves to the truth. But truth be told, neither are the 40% who are unvaxxed. How many people out there are truly slaves to the truth? And this is actually the key thing that this guy's misunderstanding. He seems to think, he looks at the weakness of the globalists. He can see the weakness of the globalists. You can tell that the emperor has no clothes, but the emperor is still in charge of the army. And so he can still say, and so they can still strike back. But most of the 40%, most of the 40% who didn't buy the hype are still themselves not slaves to the truth. If we had 40% of the population devoted to the truth, this world would be magnificent. We merely have 40% of the population who didn't believe the lie, who stepped back and said, "Mm, I'll wait. Mm, I'll measure the risks myself. We'll, we'll see. Most of that 40% are not warriors for truth. If they were, we'd winning. We'd be winning. We'd be winning fully. If 40% who did not get the vaccine were in fact warriors for truth, 
there would be no globalism. There would be no World Economic Forum. Joe Biden would not be the president of the United States. Nancy Pelosi would not be the Speaker of the House. George Soros would be on the run. He would not be a billionaire hedge fund manager. He wouldn't even be permitted to operate. Hedge funds would not even be a thing. Private equity firms, again, not a thing. If 40% of the population were slaves to the truth, there would be no stock market. There would be no way that you could, (laughs) there would be no way that you could have a loan with any interest rate, let alone predatory interest rates. If 40% of the world population were slaves to the truth, Georgia Maloney wouldn't be the prime minister because there would be no prime minister. Italy would still be a series of kingdoms. Kingdoms and republics. It would be the Republic of Venice and the Republic of Florence and the Republic of Milan and the city of Rome and probably the Papal States too. If 40% of the population were not, or excuse me, if 40% of the population were slaves to the truth, it wouldn't even be these United States. It would be New France and New Spain and New England. As it should have been. He is right to say that things are going to get worse. He is right to say that the globalist elites are going to be the ones to cause it. He is right to say these things because these things are true. Because the 40% of people who are not slaves to the truth, but who are unvaccinated, lack the wherewithal to go into the high places drag these fake high priests out of their temples and slaughter them on the stairs in the streets. That is the appropriate response to what they've done. Is to drag these people out of the high places and slaughter them on the steps leading into their temples. And then burning their temples to the ground. And if the 40% of the people who simply did not believe the lie were actually slaves to the truth, that would be happening right now. Unfortunately, like pigs to the slaughter, we've been took. And so over the next few years, we're going to suffer badly you think the supply chains in shambles now in a few years when there aren't the people at all what do you think that's going to look like
If you're not raising your children to be functional people, to be people of skill, well, eventually we'll manage to put that system back into place. But you will, but you yourself as a parent will have failed. We need mechanics. We need engineers. We need technicians. We need men. Real men. Men who will lift the heavy things and do the hard jobs. Men who will sacrifice their bodies for their families. Because yes, you can homestead. For now. We'll see how well that works. You will be able to homestead again in the future. And that much is certain. These people are, I mean, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, all these people are old and crusty. They're almost dead. And there's a large gap. Because it's not like, look, there's 80-year-olds there's who are up in power. And they're all up in the high places. And when they die, it's not, go, it's not passing to the 50-year-olds. The 50-year-olds are Generation X. They're going to try and bypass them and try and hand it to gener- and try and hand it to the millennials who were fed on that soup all their lives. There's going to be a hiccup. There's going to be a hang-up. And the millennials, well, we'll see. We'll see. It will not be in the globalist's hands forever. We may have to put up with some very nasty things. The FBI, Big Pharma, like all of these com- all of these organizations, they're gonna collapse. It's over. The twentieth century is finally over. Like, Caleb, we're in the 21st. No, we're not. No, we're not. We'll be in the 21st century once all this nonsense is over. And it may take a nuclear war. And it's probably going to be the loss of half the human population. But then the 20th century will be over. Just be ready. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.